Welcome back and happy February. Um, normally, this is the month of love, but we're going to do more of a heavy hitter topic. So there is a trigger warning on today's episode for sexual assault and rape. So if those are things that trigger you that are hard to listen to, maybe consider skipping this episode and go check out one of our others. But it is something important that we did want to cover. So... Um, Today we'll be covering the story of Amanda Wynn, and she was involved in proposing and drafting the Sexual Assault Survivor Rights Act, which passed unanimously in Congress. And I am actually going to hand it over to Lindsay today to share with us that story and give us some more insight into that. So this story essentially started out with me seeing a TikTok that she put out essentially like her success. And I remember seeing it at work and almost crying in the middle of work. Yeah. Um, and I remember yeah, sending it to you and you've seen it. And it was just, I just felt like I like needed to know more of her story. And so it kind of just sent me into a spiral of like, just looking up everything she's done in her life. So a little bit of background on Amanda Wynn. Um, she was born in 1991 uh, in California. And she grew up always wanting to go to Harvard. It was like her dream school. um, And she she did get in. um, And she graduated in 2013 with a Bachelor of Arts degree and went on to work at places like NASA, um, the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics. She was a deputy White House liaison for the U.S. Department of State. In 2014, in November, uh, was when Amanda founded uh, her nonprofit organization called RISE that aims to protect the rights of sexual assault and rape survivors. So her story, she was in her last year of Harvard and ended up getting raped. And she went to the hospital and ended up getting a rape kit done and talked to police But at the time, she was not ready to press charges because of time commitments, money issues. I, yeah, no, I, it's, you never think of that side of things, right? Like, it does take long. Like, if you go and you press charges and you bring this to court, there's a lot of mental stress on you. There's a lot of time consumption. There's a lot of money. And so we see that, like, a lot of sexual assault survivors and a lot of rape victims don't fight in court because of a lot of these barriers, essentially. Yeah. And as a college student, you know, probably don't have a lot of money and you have to hire lawyers and, you know, lawyers cost money and they're expensive. Not to mention the stigma. Like I feel like people have in the past brought this stigma of like, oh, well, now you're wounded or you're like, how, how did you let this happen to you? Which is completely the wrong mentality. Exactly. But it's almost like this, this guilty feeling that the survivor is dealing with, which that it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a, it's a huge toll on your mental health going Mm -hmm. through all this. So you kind of have to mentally be in the right state of mind, I think, to, to press charges. Yeah. Um, and doing this research, it I found that um, the rape kits itself take about six hours to do. So even doing that is such a time commitment. Like I didn't realize how long that would take. Yeah. So in talking to the police, they had told her that in the state of Massachusetts, which is where um, 
her assault happened, that there was a 15-year statute of limitations for the rape. So she essentially would have 15 years to press charges until that statute of limitations was up. However, she ended up finding out that after six months, her rape kit would be destroyed if she didn't report the crime or press charges. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, you know, in 10 years, she could press charges, but she wouldn't have the um, evidence of the rape kit because they would have destroyed it. You can file an extension, but she was apparently not given any instructions or maybe the police didn't really know how to do that. You know, so I, some people don't realize that all this is happening. So then they go to, you know, press charges and they're like, oh, you, you destroyed my rape kit. Like I can't use this. And unfortunately that, you know, makes it harder to press charges on somebody. Well, and I wonder how much of this is actually told to you, you know, when you go and you get this done, you go, you get your rape Mm -hmm. kit, think about like the mental state that you're in. Right. Right. And then people are telling you stuff and it's like, A, are they even mentioning it? B, what kind of state are you in to be able to absorb and remember kind of these important dates and deadlines and just see, I just, there's so much going on in that moment. I just, I feel like a lot of laws around sexual assault and rape and, and other things, right? Like Mm -hmm. they just make it so hard to, to be able to bring your case forward if you don't do it immediately. And I just feel like as a victim, you kind of have to heal yourself first before you can. Right. I don't want to be speaking from anybody's place of their experience, but I feel like if this were me and this did happen to me, I feel like I would need time to heal myself before I could then go fight. Exactly. And six months is, is not a lot of time for no. you to, like I said, if, if you feel like you need to heal and be in the right place before you do anything, six months f- will fly by. And then all of a sudden, you know, now you're, you're kind of like working from farther back because it's just everything that you've done. You went through that six hours to do that whole kit and now it's gone. You know, even though I did find that they, they do let you know, like they'll send you a, a piece of mail or something informing you that that is going to happen. But, you know. How much do we really trust the mail system? Yeah. Like I, I have lost so many packages in the mail. Like I truly, as much as the USPS, you know, I want them to have their jobs and everything, but like I, it's not always the most trustworthy way of getting information. Exactly. So once she found that out in 2014, a year later, she um, was when she founded Rise, which is her, again, her nonprofit. She named it Rise, a quote from her, uh, to remind us that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can rise up and change the world. I love that. Right. I think that's so beautiful. Everyone that works there or everyone that is part of Rise is a volunteer um, and they do have a GoFundMe if you anyone wants to go donate and look into that. I'll probably put that in the description. So about Rise, and this I got from their website, which is risenow.us. So they aim to help people through the levels of democracy and navigate, you know, the all the politics um, involved to get their own laws passed. So after they passed their a sexual assault survivors bill of rights, which I'll go into in a little bit, but um, they now continue to help people get their laws passed. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's very complicated. The law and all those intricate details are like so hard to understand. So it's really nice to have this resource to help people. Absolutely. Especially like, again, with our political system, like you said, if you don't have all your I's dotted and all your T's crossed, like Mm -hmm. you could be waiting months until somebody will even read whatever you proposed again. Exactly. It's just, they make it so hard. I know, which I get that there has to be all the, you know, details and specifics in the law so that it can be enforced. But it's hard for the common person that has right. these great ideas for laws to to make those happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, in 2015, she met with uh, New Hampshire Senator Janine Shaheen. Is, I think how you say her name, and I'm sorry if I is wrong. But she wanted to discuss with her her survival rights that she wanted to pass into law. So Janine was a big contributor to help her get that passed. And um, Janine was the one who introduced this bill into Congress in February of 2016. It helps having friends in Congress for sure. That's, you know, always helpful to help get bills passed and know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But can you go into more of like what the Sexual Assault Survivors Rights Act is? Yeah, definitely. So one of the first rights is going to be that they can receive medical care and not be charged for the exam. So if you go to a hospital uh, and you need to get one of the uh, rape kits done, the police need to help you get there or the hospital will not charge you as well. So you don't have to worry about not having health insurance or anything like that. It's, It's going to be free to you. So it makes it it takes away one barrier of people going to get that done that's great yeah so i i think that's like one of the biggest things i feel like hearing in the medical field is oh i don't want to go or i can't afford that i don't have health insurance Mm -hmm. so to just not even like have to worry about this horrible thing happened to me and now i have to worry about how i'm going to pay for all this yep absolutely So another right is that the evidence that is collected in that kit is preserved for 20 years or whatever the statute of limitations is in that state if it is shorter. So in Massachusetts, it was 15 years. So that evidence would be held for 15 years. Interesting. Do you know like where people can find the statute of limitations for their state? I don't know, but you can probably probably just on Google if you if you put that in, it'll bring yeah. you probably to the state website, and I believe that it'll just be under whatever law. Because now it has to match that same time period. Exactly. Yeah. So, Perfect. yeah, it'll be at least twenty years, but obviously, if it's shorter in your state, so at least you don't have to worry about like, oh, I, the statute of limitations is you know ten years in this, but I only have one year because then they're going to destroy the evidence that they collected which i just i that blows my mind six months yeah right like i the people that are making these i I just want to know what they're thinking because like that's such a short amount of time why would that only be six months oh well and i was watching a video i don't remember what michigan maybe i don't remember what state it was so don't hold me to that but it was somebody who was speaking to the government. I don't even, 
I'm not very clear on this story. I'm sorry, but it was somebody speaking to lawmakers essentially, and they were trying to figure out about the bill. And it just like, it was wild because this person had to keep pointing out to them like, okay, so your rule is that children who are sexually assaulted, who may result in pregnancy, who are literal children, who, you know, they then are being forced to have these babies but also if they try to like convict their rapist that could take years and the man was trying to like point out to them okay but you also don't state whether or not the rapist then has parental rights to that child that you now made this child who was assaulted give birth to and it was like this whole convoluted thing and it was so gut-wrenching and hard to watch um yeah but it's just exactly like to your point, who's making these laws? Like, why are they not thinking these things through? Yeah. It's like, they're not looking at the bigger picture of everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's frustrating, but hopefully we can start changing those things. a little bit. Yeah. So another part of this bill is that the survivor will get um, written notification prior to the destruction of the kit. So they have to provide the notification at least 60 days prior. And I believe you can still do an extension. However, I don't know how many people would do that since Mm -hmm. that would reach the statute of limitations. But at least you're informed. You have to be informed. And you have to be informed of all of the rights and policies that I just said by either, I believe, police officers or the medical staff that is performing this kit. They are educated. They're called SANE nurses. They're go through a whole different education um, to get certified in that. So they would be informed of these, all of these rights and policies, and they have to inform you of these. Well, that's good. Yeah. This sexual assault survivor's bill of rights was um, just for federal cases and not state law, which definitely confuses me because I feel like I don't understand how in federal cases, like what would be the difference? I'm not a hundred percent positive. I don't, yeah, I don't know what makes something state versus federal, like, on that level. Yeah, but at the time that this bill was passed, uh, 21 states did adopt similar legislation. So the 21 states adopted something very similar to what this would be, which would be to keep that kit longer, be informing everything so that it would work on the state level and not just the federal level. Okay. So in 2021, there's a senator from Iowa and Janine Shanine, who was the senator in New Hampshire that helped the original Bill of Rights, uh, proposed a different Survivor's Bill of Rights. It's the Survivor's Bill of Rights in the States Act. So the bill that Chuck and Janine are introducing um, basically encourages the states to ensure that the survivors have the minimum rights that are guaranteed under the federal law. So it would give the states additional funding as well if they put these laws into place so that there wouldn't be that confusion of, is this a federal case? Is this a state case? All of sexual assault survivors would have the same rights no matter where they are. That's great. Well, and it sounds like they get additional funding. So it's almost like they're kind of incentivizing states to actually go along with this, which is like sucks that they have to do that, but exactly, you're more likely to have states that will actually go along with it then. Exactly. And um, like I said before, there's 
21 states that have already adopted similar legislation, and then Mm -hmm. this law would hopefully encourage more states to do that as well. It hasn't, from when I looked this up, um, has not passed through the Senate or the House yet, but it was, you know, it is on the docket to be talked about. Hopefully it gets passed and we can, you know, move forward with that law. Yeah. It's so important that we pass laws like this because I just looked it up and it said on average, there are 463,634 victims age 12 and older of rape and sexual assault each year, each year in the United States. And that's according to rain.org. But that's just like, that's sickening. I mean, it's right. And that's the ones that are reported and talked about. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like, I can't imagine what the real number is. Right? Well, and you hear, though, I think it's like one in four or one in five women have been sexually assaulted. So it's like you think of yourself in a group of your female friends or siblings or family members. And it's like one in four of you has had some kind of sexual assault or rape occur. And it just is so sad. Yeah. And going off of kind of what you said, um, off of the Rise website that I found, they were talking about um, sexual assault survivors in the world. And it says, according to WHO, 35% of women are sexually assaulted in the world. So that's about 1.3 billion people. Oh my gosh. um, Which is equal to the population of North America and Europe combined. That's disgusting. Right? I hate that statistic. I mean, it's an important statistic, but I, that puts it in perspective. We said this was going to be a tough episode, and it is. Yeah. And again, those are ones that are reported, and there are so many that don't get reported, and especially in the world where it's countries where women are not counted as people, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's so many more in those countries, unfortunately, because they are just silenced. Yep. So after that bill was introduced... Um, Amanda teamed up with change.org to put the petition up for people to sign it for Congress to pass that law um, and got support from a bunch of people, especially people like Judd Apatow and Patricia Arquette, um, who like tweeted it out or, you know, put it up on their social media pages and got more than 100,000 signatures in a year. So after the bill was introduced in February of 2016, by October 2016, they got more than 100,000 signatures on that petition. And in May, the bill passed the Senate. And then in September, it passed in the House of Representatives unanimously. There was 399 yays and only 33 no's, which I would love to talk to those 33 people and figure out why. Why? Every time. I just, it's always just like, why would that be a no? Yeah, and I I think the 33 do include people that didn't vote, and I think that just means that they either they weren't there at the time, and um, so it might not be like 33 actual no's. Some of them might have been just like no vote because they weren't present at the time of the vote. Um, And then it was signed into the law by President Barack Obama in 2016. That's awesome. So it was huge after it passed here in the United States, and she decided she wanted to go and talk to the UN and try and pass a similar law in the UN. So in September of 2022, 
the UN with uh, help from RISE, which is Amanda Wynn's nonprofit, passed a United Nations General Assembly resolution on sexual violence, which I didn't realize that the UN passed laws. But it's not necessarily law. It's kind of just like uh, something that they support for the different countries. Yeah, I think in... I don't know much about the UN, but I, yeah, I think you're right. It's more so that like they kind of uh, collectively agree that like, yes, in our countries, we will pass something like this. Exactly. What that includes would be their rights as a sexual assault survivor under the United Nations is their ability to terminate legal ties with their assailant, which I think is huge especially in other countries, in all countries, part of being abused is that that legal tie with that person. They either have financial or control mm-hmm. over you or you're married to them, you have kids mm-hmm. with them, and, you know, it, it it keeps you essentially with them. And obviously, if you have kids, that's you can't really separate that necessarily from them. But you have the ability to cut those legal ties. And in other countries where it might be illegal or not done uh, divorce, it gives them the right to to actually do that because after they are sexually assaulted, they have that right to, to terminate and, and separate from their um, assailant. To that point, um, and it's, it's interesting that they passed something like that because I am reading these statistics here and it says, I mean, and this is per college woman, but it says about 85 to 90% of sexual assault reported by college women are perpetrated by someone they knew yeah and that's just from it says ojp.gov so take that as you will but i've heard i've heard like a a surprising high number of people know their assailant you know yeah and it's kind of almost scarier because it's you're like these are people that you trust that you're bringing into your world and they're you know betraying that yeah so being able to cut ties financially and things like that that's that's massive yeah yeah and especially if it's you know someone you're in a relationship with and you Mm -hmm. you know because once you're in a relationship with somebody you kind of all your things get intertwined Mm -hmm. it makes it harder to leave and i think just making it as easy as possible for people to leave that horrible situation is is important absolutely So just like with Amanda's U.S. sexual assault survivors Bill of Rights, they have the ability to report without any financial cost to the survivor. So again, in other countries, they would be able to go and report and not have to carry that burden of how much is this going to cost. And in this day and age, it's, I don't know, I, you see videos, especially on like my TikTok feed, where they talk about just like, how many financial concerns people have. And I just, the fact that this is not a financial concern for people is great. I just, I think that will hopefully help lead to more people kind of reporting their assault, getting checked out, Mm -hmm. getting these things on record. Yeah, definitely. We just want to do things that takes all the barriers from, you know, stopping people reporting this, you know, just make it as easy to report as possible. And, you know, it would be great if, you know, this would never have to be reported because it didn't happen. Yeah. But, you know, you want to, you want people to 
have those rights and feel confident that they're going to be supported and helped through this process and not run into constant hurdles that they have to jump over to get Mm -hmm. justice for what happened to them. Yeah. In a world one day, maybe we won't have to worry about this. Right. But we'll respect people. If only. Mm -hmm. They're also given access to information and notifications on their sexual violence kits and procedures and have the right to continue schooling following any act of sexual violence, which I think is also important. They can be or they can press charges if they are kicked out of school or, you know, pushed out somehow because of as a repercussion of pressing charges for their sexual assault. Yeah, it protects the victim from having any flack on them. Yeah, just like you said earlier, that negative stigma of, you know, Mm -hmm. you're making this up or you're this isn't right. You what quote unquote ask for it or whatever people say, like it kind of helps, you know, the the spiraling that can come from that and the backlash that people would get. Have you seen Promising Young Woman? No. With Carrie Mulligan. Is it a movie? Yeah, no. it's fantastic. It it kind of is along these lines of, you know, her friend is assaulted and it, I don't want to spoil too much of the story, but it's it's a hard one to watch, but it's really good. And it goes into kind of that side of he said, she said, and having that like negative stuff put on the victim, which is just so ridiculous and harmful and awful. Um, mm-hmm. It's not an easy movie to watch, but it is fantastic yeah i'll have to find that and watch that and i will say it it, not that you anyone plans for this to happen but i would say the biggest suggestion after the fact is to for me is to bring someone with you to these appointments a trusted friend with you um because it seems like which is good you're going to get a lot of information but it can be very overwhelming. I think, mm-hmm. obviously, in the midst of it, um, you want to be doing these kits very soon after this happens. So you're you might not be fully able to listen. So to have someone want to just support you, it's good to have someone mm-hmm. with you to be able to hold your hand and you know be with you through this. But it also is good to have someone as a backup to to get all this information at the time. But no, you can also always call you know your you know, representatives talk to a lawyer even police officers or go and call the hospitals and be able to try and talk to those sane nurses and get the information that you need like don't feel bad following up on this because you forgot something that was said or told to you because these are all your rights and they're important and it's a lot and it can be confusing so you know. Well, and part of that is knowing your rights and, and exactly. you pointing out, like, knowing that these same nurses do exist and that you can call them for information and that there should be cops out there that know the information and there are these groups of people that you can contact and ask. Yeah. Or if they don't know, ask them to point you in the direction of someone that can help you because, you know, you deserve to know all these rights and these aren't, unfortunately, not all of this is common knowledge. I mean, like with Amanda, she didn't know that in six months her her kit was going to be destroyed and mm-hmm. all that, you know, until she found out. And then, you know, sometimes it's just asking the right questions. And unfortunately, it takes asking the right questions uh, when more people should be 
putting these information forward, but at least with this law, they should be giving you all of your your rights. And I will say in the hospital, I don't know exactly how the same nurses would, would inform you of these rights, but a lot of the times we like to print things out and give you pieces of paper with all the information on it because we understand we throw a lot of information at you. And so it's really hard for you to like, even just a regular discharge of any any reason to be in the hospital. So I would think that they would give you all of this information written down. Mm-hmm. But if you're in that uh, position and they don't do that, know that you can ask for that. And I mean, they could write it on a piece of paper. They can type it up. Hospitals have computers and printers. So like, if you feel like I'm not going to remember this, ask them to write it down. Ask them to print it out for you so that you can have it when you're ready to look at it, when you're ready to know the information, when you're in that right like mental state. Yeah. Knowledge is power. Knowing that you have the rights is so important. Yeah, definitely. Which is, I feel like another reason I kind of wanted to do this episode was just because there's so much information that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Like I knew none of this before I saw that TikTok and started looking it up. And I, it was just, you know, blew my mind everything she did. And it was just, you could see all the hard work. And in the end of that TikTok, she just like was crying because all that hard work that she put into this bill, talking to all these people, like finally paid off. And you know, even moving it all the way up to helping the entire world. It wasn't just helping her country. She's mm-hmm. now trying to help the entire world. It's a phenomenal video. I'm sure a lot of people out there have seen it. Oh, yeah. um, but if not, I'm sure we can find a link to copy it into this. And if you haven't seen it, absolutely go watch it. Yeah. They also, uh, in the, the UN headquarters, which is in New York City, they had an exhibit called What Were You Wearing? So Rise... Um, with the UN put this exhibit on and it started in December of 2021 with five different outfits representing a different uh, like region in the world of what a woman was wearing when she was sexually assaulted. And now it has grown to 103 outfits, which is supposed to represent the 1.3 billion survivors that are in the world. Wow. Yeah. Which I would... Next time I'm in New York, I like definitely want to see if this is still there and if we can like go look at it cuz I it just it is it's that stupid saying that people say, "Well, what were you wearing?" and it's like that doesn't matter and it's nope. essentially showing that that doesn't matter cuz there's you know sweatpants or a mini skirt. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. They were wearing clothes. They could be walking around naked and that doesn't make it okay. So it's just kind of showing that it doesn't matter. That question is stupid. It's it's a question you should never ask the person. Any blame on the victim, like shame on you. Exactly. Yeah. No one's walking around wanting this to happen. No. And it's not their fault. It is 100% on the person doing those actions. It is all their fault. And I always thought not to get too off topic on this, but, you know, I always get so angry when you do when you hear like oh well as a woman you should go out and you should just like not make it easy for them make sure you're wearing layers and it's like as a woman I shouldn't have to worry about what I'm wearing Mm -hmm. as society we should be training people primarily men are the aggressors but I will say just in general we should be training people to respect other people's bodies and Uh just autonomy and just like 
why are we not doing that? Why are we not focusing on that? Yeah. And it's just, it blows my mind talking to some of like my guy friends that things that I don't, that I think of that doesn't even cross their mind because mm-hmm. as women we're more you know at risk for sexual assault like obviously it happens to men as well but i feel like women are a little bit can be more at risk but thinking like going to the gym i'm always i was talking to my boyfriend being like well i don't want to do this here because i'm like bending over and everyone's like looking at my butt and he's like well, no one's looking at you and i was like you think that but like Mm-hmm. As a woman, you don't want it like, what if someone takes that as, oh, she's like bending over in front of me. She wants me or like she wants me to look at her. And and you can feel the eyes on you. Like I, I know I distinctly remember like this one time I was leaving school. I was teaching at this point. I pull up to the gas station and I like I dropped something and I had to bend over and I was just like, damn it. So I bend over and I like I knew I knew as soon as I did it the guy behind me was going to come up and say something. And he did. And like, he stood far away and like, just commented on my ass, but it's just like, why? Yeah. Maybe we don't, maybe we, I, I wasn't, you know, like I dropped something next time I'll leave it on the ground. I don't know. Like it just, it's one of those things where exactly like you're saying you're at the gym and it's like, yeah, your boyfriend doesn't think people are looking at you, but it's like, they are. Like, they are. Yeah. They are more than, you know, he thinks they are. And, you know, I would say trust your, your gut. Like if you feel Mm -hmm. like someone is looking at you or following you or, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, just being around you, like go ask for help, go into a store. I was always told that like, go, uh, if you feel like someone's following you driving wise, you know, you can go to a police station Mm -hmm. because usually if you're pulling into a police station and someone's following you to do something bad, they will not follow you in there. Mm-hmm. Um, or just you know go somewhere where it's public. I remember driving home one night, and I swear this car was following me. And I I don't know to this day if they were or not, but I just felt like they have been behind me for a while. So I I drove past my house and just kept making random turns because I was like this car keeps like turning when I'm turning. Yeah, um, and eventually they pulled away. And again, I don't know if it was just me being paranoid, but I was like, I'd rather drive around for an extra five mm-hmm. minutes to get this car away from me than pull into my driveway and have someone come out and attack me. Yeah, I'd rather be safe than sorry. What's the? Um, I think you listen to this podcast, but I know my friend Jen does. Um, it, Crime junkies. What's their saying? It's like be weird, be rude, stay alive, or something like that. Oh, I don't know. I do listen to them, but I don't know. I, I think that's it's something like that. I kind of um, like that. <laughs> right? It's so true. It's such a good like tagline because, yeah, if you're like weird or you're rude, then chances are you're not going to be an easy target, which is so sad that like you have to think that way. But Yeah, because then we get labeled as being bitches because we're mm-hmm. rude. It's like, no, I'm just trying to be safe and make it home. Yep. <laughs> just trying to see another day. Yeah. It's just, it, it's exhausting to have to like think of all these things and kind of be always on alert, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's just, it's just stressful sometimes. I just want to go out and have fun and not have to worry about being attacked, but you know. Well, and you see, the, have you seen the people who ask the question, like, what would you do if there were no men for 24 hours? And like the answers that you hear from women are heartbreaking. Like, yeah, it's just, I would go for a walk at night by myself 
you know. I was just thinking that because I was like, in our, you know, when we lived in, you know, like downtown Houston area, (laughs) I was like, it's such a nice day. Like, I would love to go for a walk, but I'm almost nervous too. Mm -hmm. I would love to just go out walk listen to music or listen to another podcast or do that but i was like i was i was i would be so nervous to to go out in a in a big city yeah you know sometimes even in the suburbs it it can be a little scary because there's not as many people around too so that kind of is is a different thing to think about but but yeah just to go on a walk and i have to to put both headphones in and i have to keep one out so you can hear be aware yeah yeah and it is i i used to walk kind of around our complex and same thing i would like keep the volume low enough so it's like i could hear everything that was happening around me like if you feel somebody coming up behind you like i would cross the street and it's Mm -hmm. like you know more often than not i think people are good and more often than not you're probably fine but it's it's just been so ingrained in us to like be on the defense you know yeah it's really sad when you kind of like break it all down and like think about it it's just yeah because like you can't fully enjoy your walk like you can because you're like oh this is nice but you're always just like there's always that little part of you that is just like i gotta be aware and -hmm. i can't fully relax doing Mm -hmm. this i i think i mentioned this before in another podcast but there's like one video where some guy was coming out of the gym and he was like walking behind a woman and he was like i never realized how afraid women are of men and it like it like opened his eyes Mm -hmm. you know how like this woman rushed her car and like got in her car and like slammed it shut and he's like why why was she afraid of me and he's like oh but i'm in this big empty parking lot and it's like dusk and he's just like i didn't realize that women are always on the offense like or on the defense like that and it was just one of those things where it's, yeah it's like you said a lot of your guy my guy friends too like they just don't it's hard to explain right and it's like I think they they want to understand, but it's hard to have them understand because they don't live that experience. Exactly. Yeah, like those thoughts don't cross their mind. Yeah. And I know that um, this is kind of him making light of it, but um, I John Mulaney has, I believe it's John Mulaney, has a joke about he was like in New York City in this uh, going in the subway and he's walking behind a woman and he was like she started to like walk faster so he was like oh she must know something we must be like late to the train or 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 something's happening so he started walking faster and then she started running and then he started running and then Mm -hmm. he was like oh she's running from me (laughs) and like he does obviously in a joking matter but kind of along like what you said you know that's that's the thing like he he's not thinking about it he's just like oh there must be something dangerous behind me that she's running from so i'm gonna run as well but really she's running from him yep yeah and i mean it's it's a joke but it's also like what do they say like 80 percent of jokes are true or something and so yeah yeah yeah, it's definitely probably come from some truth and Mm -hmm. you know that would be me i definitely sometimes walk quicker to my car and like Mm -hmm always as soon as i get in my car we'll like lock the doors yeah because i'm just like i don't know you know i I work in the city and i'm in a a parking structure and you know i work at night so Mm -hmm. always like let's just quick okay make sure i'm locked in here 
We know this was a, a tough topic and we appreciate those of you who have listened and learned along with us. I do have a fun fact kind of to end this on, um, a little outside of this topic, but do you know who Olivia Juliana is? I do not. She is a 19-year-old activist from Texas, and she's amazing. She's on TikTok. And Matt Gates, you know, Matt Gates. Um, so he made fun of her for, you know, because he's Matt Gates. Yeah. And uh, she used that to then go ahead and raise over $2 million for, for like, abortions, basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, but it doesn't end there. So she got invited to go to Washington and uh, I forget the woman that invited her, but she, you know, introduced her to a bunch of people in Congress and she brought her in and she shook Matt Gates' hand and he didn't recognize her. Oh. And she was just like, Oh, thank you so much for helping me raise $2 million to like help abortions. <laughs> and he just like shook his head and walked away. And it was just like, Yes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, I love people taking things and like like that you know it's just, mm-hmm. just turning it around for good mm-hmm. rubbing it in their faces <laughs> right? so great but Lindsay, let us know where can we learn more about amanda's story if we want to read up on it so she has the website for risenow.us which is about her nonprofit. it's got her story it's got all the good things that they're doing to help the world and it's got resources if you have an idea for a bill or a law that you want to try to get passed in Congress. Um, They are a great resource for people. And then definitely if you need more information on the laws in your state, go to your state website. They should have all the laws on there. Um, If you have any questions on what the statute of limitations are for sexual assault in your state as well. And you can also on the risenow.us website, they have a link, I believe, for their GoFundMe if you want to donate, if you are able to donate to their nonprofit. Awesome. Well, thank you, Lindsay, so much for this information. I am glad to have learned it. Sad we have to talk about it. Um, But, you know, hopefully shedding light on it will help reduce the amount of times this occurs and make it easier for victims to be able to bring their attackers to justice. So... Yeah, follow us on Instagram. My ovaries made me do it. If you want some more content, we are the goal is to release one episode every month. So we're sticking to it so far. So far, look at us go. So far, so good. (laughs) Uh, But yes, we will talk to you soon. See you in March. Stay happy, stay healthy, and stay curious. Mm